All right, man. So we're back again. Yep. Part four, going through the book of Romans. And you told me some encouraging things today about some people that's listening to it. And it does seem like our by the book is getting some traffic. Yeah. And I, I'm thankful for that. We're going to pick right back up where we left off. Um, and we left off at verse 20. And we're going to start back at verse 21. But how far do you think we want to read to today? I guess it just depends on how much we dig into this. Yeah, I'm just going to read verse 21 through 25, and then I'm going to turn it over to you and just let you comment on however much you want to comment on, and we'll just go verse by verse. But I'm going to read them first so we can kind of get where we're going with this. The Word of God says, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Powerful stuff, man. It really I mean, is. you can go for honestly, that's almost like a summary of a lot of the other stuff we've been doing with the evil agenda in Hollywood and yeah. all the stuff they they yeah. get involved in and Yeah, and actually after twenty five is when it really gets into that. Oh, it gets yeah. It, it gets it gets heavy. It, yeah. Very I was gonna heavy. say dark, but it's not really dark because it's coming at it from the perspective of truth. But right. yeah, it gets very heavy. But uh it's it's almost nearly a shadow of where we're currently at in this country i mean it really is back back in the days of sodom and gomorrah 100 percent. yeah it's bad and when we think about everything we've covered up to this point sure enough what happens if you don't honor god you push god out of america like we talked about in another show sure enough what happens yeah this right here well god turns you over and you know all of a sudden you got this you know, uh, like it says in verse 24 here, and I know I'm getting ahead of us, but God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Yeah. And then it goes on, men with men. You know, I mean, it goes mm-hmm. into the depths of where we're at as a country. As You're a country. right. You're down. Yeah. And uh, it kept coming to my mind during reading and studying and, and taking my notes is uh, you're doomed to repeat. History's doomed to repeat itself if you don't change something. And uh that's exactly what it's doing. It's Yes it is. We're already at that point. Yes it is. And I mean I still, you know, I want you to I don't no, I, yeah. you know, let's stay on track here, but you're right. History's doomed to repeat itself, but you know why? Well, because the nature of man ain't changed. That's why. Nope. And man without God is going to behave a certain way. And well let's say this, a nation a nation without God is going to behave mm-hmm. a certain way, and a nation that is honoring God is going to behave a different way. And so, yes, history repeats itself because the hearts of man has not changed. And so when we do push God out of a country or out of our own heart, as it is being said here, because it already told us that that which may be known of God is manifest in us, we don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse to deny God. Mm-mm. We don't have an excuse not to believe in the Word of God. Well, everything that we have is only an excuse. It's not a good reason is what I'm saying. Right. And sure enough, though, like you're saying, when they when all of those things we've talked about, when, when we do deny God, the consequences will be what follows every single time. Yep. Every single time. 
So go ahead. So while taking my notes and while studying reading this, uh, man is aware of God's existence, power, and divine nature through everyday evidence. Now that's going back a hair onto the 20. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they glorified him not. Uh, man's chief end is to glorify God, and the Scripture continually demands it. Yes, it does. Um, to glorify Him is to honor Him, to acknowledge His attributes, and to praise Him for His perfections. And I just, you know... People, I, I kind of, I don't understand it, but I do kind of understand it. People don't want to praise somebody else. Yeah. People want, the, the human wants praise. They mm-hmm. don't want to bring praise on somebody else. And it takes a level of hum, humility mm-hmm. and love, an actual true love and the, and the faith in your heart to 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 glorify mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. to praise him in everything he does I mean you got to praise him you can't just praise him when the times are good either that's right yeah I mean you gotta there's that casting crown song praise him in the storm when you're in your middle of your storm you still got to mm-hmm. well, I mean, of, you're making me think of a marriage vow their sickness and health, yeah. richer for poor. You know, that's our relationship to God in a sense. Mm-hmm. When we're in a covenant with God, we're in a relationship with God. We're in a saving relationship. But even honestly, even those that are not saved, well, you're still in a relationship to God in some extent. God made you. Yeah. God made the world you're living on. And, yeah, it is through the, through the good times and the bad, in the mountains and the valleys, as they say. Yeah. And, you know, but you're right, too. And I think the worst or the most abundant form of idolatry that we see today is not the worship of a false god, but it's the worship of a self-god, mm. that myself is my god. Yep. And I want to praise myself, and I want everybody else to praise myself, and, you know, that kind of thing. And so it is, it's, in, it's against the fallen nature of man, we'll yeah. say that. It's against a man's fallen nature to put praise and worship where it really belongs, yeah. which is God's word. Well, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, to failing to give him glory is man's greatest insult to his creator. Man, it truly is. <laughs> It truly is, because I actually talked about this the other day in church. If God didn't expect worship, it would almost be wrong on his part. That's how magnificent God truly is. Yeah. You know, it's not like God is asking for something that he doesn't deserve. It's not like God is requiring something that wouldn't, wouldn't be right for us to give. In fact, honestly, no matter how much we from a human perspective do praise and appreciate and try and wrap our mind around the goodness of God, we'll never get it fully. No. I mean, God is honestly better than 
we ever are really going to fully understand and better in every way, better in mercy, better in love, better in grace, but also better in wisdom, better in, you know, discipline, better in his sense of a moral law, better in holiness, better. God is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, God is amazing and it's not wrong for God to expect that we would praise him for being amazing, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, you're right. It's somewhere in my notes here. You just talked about no man will ever be able to completely wrap his head around the greatness of God. There's just, it's, it's right. The more you can, you've studied this Bible a lot longer than I have. All right. But you can read through this and you can be shown or have come to your mind what it means maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe it means something else maybe you're partly right mm-hmm. but you'll never completely wrap your mind around all every word in this in this book in the bible it's true yeah you'll never fully master it so to speak and also when it comes to comprehending god we can comprehend god sufficient enough well like it says that we can understand his eternal power we can understand is the divine nature, but to take it all in at one time, mm-mm. God is whatever you have in your mind of God and all of that kind of stuff. It's too small. Yeah, it's too small. No, as amazing as it is, it's too small. So, I, but what you said was about the insult that that one of the greatest. What? How did you word that? Something like that. The man, one of the worst insults is that he doesn't. How how'd you say that? Um, failing to give him glory is man's greatest insult to his creator. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a very great insult. And again, if God wasn't as amazing as he is, he'd have just struck us all dead for it anyway. Yeah. You know. But no. God's amazing grace is why both we and the unbeliever is still breathing every day. You yeah. know. But that is what happened here, isn't it? They insult him. Oh, yeah. They they know he exists. It says that. Yep. But they downplay him. They turn him into a lesser thing. They say, oh, you don't deserve my worship. You don't deserve my praise. It's a huge insult. You're right. It's an insult. And so, um, also it says neither were thankful. Yeah. You got any notes on yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, let's hear them. It says, uh, neither were thankful. They refused to acknowledge that everything good they enjoy came from God right um that pretty much says it for itself i mean you can say okay i believe in god but if you can't believe wholeheartedly in everything mm-hmm. this yeah well you make an interesting point there believing in everything doesn't mean you have to wrap your mind around it exactly but i do believe it yeah. You know, I do believe it. And wholeheartedly, I believe it. Well, you know, I think we talked last week. Faith is, is being, you know, see to believe wholeheartedly in the things that we can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is, it's right. I mean, yeah. Faith is biblically, it's defined this way. Well, it's defined in two ways. It says, one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it's as though it's real to you. Even though you can't see it, it's as though you can see it. Even though that you may not have a physical piece of evidence, as it, faith makes it as though you do. You don't have to have 
some physical piece of evidence anymore. Faith alone is the evidence. But then also the way it defines it when it's talking about Abraham, it says that Abraham was full of faith. And then what do you mean? Oh, it says he, he staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in belief, being fully persuaded that that which God had promised he would do. Yep. That's faith right there for you. That's the faith of Abraham. Fully persuaded, in other words, like you said, it's what you call wholehearted yep. belief. Abraham was fully persuaded, and yeah, faith. Um, well, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God, you know. And faith has an amazing uh, effect on the human mind. And I may have got, again, I may have sidetracked you there, so I don't. if I did, I don't no, mean to. You're good. But um, what I was thinking about, because we're talking about the neither were they thankful, yeah. or neither were thankful, is even just the little things, man. Little, we just take little things for granted. Yeah, people, even people that would watch this or listen to this, that would say, "Yeah, I don't believe in evolution. I believe God made us." But because of this, we've grown up in this century of evolutionary thinking and that kind of thing. Well, I'll, let me preach on myself for a minute. One day, this is around the time God was calling me to preach several years ago. I was talking to my wife about some stuff. I said, you know, I believe God is real. I believe Christ came and died for my sin and all that kind of stuff. I believe those things necessary for salvation. I said, but I have a hard time believing God controls the rain. And man, I'm telling you what, I'm not making it up. I don't even, you know, I don't want to make anything up. I don't want to mislead people. But when I said that, from the sun, from a sunny day, I was actually sitting on my front porch when I said that. And I was honestly wrestling with that question. Is, does God really control the rain? And sure enough, man, I'm telling you, it came in absolute monsoon directly over my house. It wasn't raining a half a mile in any other direction over my house for 15 straight minutes. The wind blew so hard, it started taking branches off the trees. It was blowing the dust up out of our yard. We ran in the house because it was so, it came so violently and so sudden. And man, I really believe God did that for me. Yeah, I really do. And he showed me right then, I control the rain. And here's what happens, though. Here's why I even went to that story. You see, before I've really come to understand the nature of the God of the Bible, I wasn't thankful for the little things because I didn't see that God was involved in the little yeah. things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wasn't being as thankful for each breath or for waking up in the morning or for the sunsets. I just kind of ignored that stuff like, well, that's just nature. That just happens. Yep. But my friends, that's not the case. Nope. The Bible teaches us that is not the case. It is wholly and completely right to look at a sunset and say, Praise God, He made that that He made that mm -hmm. that one that day. That's yeah, it's I mean, you might could say, Well, it's a product of a certain design. Well, it's true, but God designed it. Yep. God's the designer. And so that's what I had to get my mind around is, you know, the fact that you made it here safe today. Mm -hmm. Thank God. You know, you know what I mean? The fact that we got food on the table. Thank God. In fact, in another place in the New Testament, it says in all things, be thankful for this is pleasing to God in all things. Yep. Be thankful for this is pleasing to God. And I hadn't learned that lesson, but it's, you know, that, yeah. that's what came to my mind when we read that is that one time I wasn't thankful even for certain things, but it gets down to the little things. It man. does. 
we need to give credit where credit is due and God is involved in our lives. So go ahead. So in uh, King James, it says vain in their imaginations. And in the new King James, it's futile in their thoughts. Mm -hmm. So the human race searches for meaning and purpose will produce only vain and meaningless conclusions in other words man seeks power and money over god grace and salvation in the end what matters more yeah that's 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 really good read that again if you don't mind read that last part again so you said it means futile in their thoughts and then say that all again okay the human race searches for meaning and purpose will produce only vain and meaningless conclusions. In other words, man seeks power and money over God, grace, and salvation. In the end, what matters more? That's right. Weak power and money dies with you. You don't yes, take your money with you. <laughs> and you have yeah. no power six feet underground. That's right. And that is what the, the, the vanity of the mind or the futility of the thoughts yep. of man without God. It's literally, well, it's what it says. They became and become fools. They just mm-hmm. become yep. foolish. They chase mm-hmm. after earthly treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt, as the Bible <laughs> says. They do not. Man, in, one day... If we ever get time, we need to go through the book of Ecclesiastes because you done quoted it twice and you didn't even know that you did. It's just your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. But what you said, the chief end of man, that's actually comes out of the last verse or the second last verse of the last chapter of Ecclesiastes. And Solomon concludes the whole book by saying this. This is the whole duty of man to fear God and keep his commandments. And what you just said now about how you was elaborating on it, the book of Ecclesiastes is the record of a man's journey, foolish imaginations, futile mm-hmm. thought. It's a record of a man's journey through life, trying to find meaning somewhere but not with God. That's what Ecclesiastes is. It's a guy trying to find, he says, in a, you know, he's looking for meaning uh, in the lives of princes or in the lives of paupers or in the, all of these kinds of things. He's trying to find some naturalistic meaning to his existence. He's trying to find some ultimate point. And he makes the points like you just said. Mm-hmm. We build huge houses and we die and they fall in. Yep. Or someone else comes and takes them. He says we rise honorably to a kingship or whatever. And our son takes it over and corrupts the kingdom. In other words, he's saying with, without the right things in mind, like he was yeah. getting at. We pursue all of these earthly, temporary, meaningless, in the eternal sense, meaningless. It's meaningless, you know, that whether I have 20 acres or 25 acres or whatever, in the eternal sense, that's meaningless. I'm mm-hmm. pursuing the wrong things if that's all that my heart is in. And so that, that's what the book covers. Yeah. It's a man's pursuit of meaning without <coughs> God. And he ends up realizing there ain't no such thing. Mm-mm. Ain't no such thing. The only thing that we can do of eternal value is in that. But that goes on, doesn't it? it, it that expands to more than that because it, he, he tells us that it does. How, how vain can a man come in his imaginations or become in, in his thoughts? 
Well, not only does he pursue things like you said, money, riches, power, mm-hmm. but then he also completely loses sight of all truth because it says stuff like, you know, they end up becoming, they think about it. Think about the religions of the world, Hinduism, mm-hmm. Islam, Buddhism, Taoism, all this kind of stuff. They literally carve little elephants call them gods you see what i'm saying yeah that's ridiculous to me i mean <laughs> well it's the first thing thought, or yeah. thought yeah <laughs> that's how far can you you can go with this it's not only that it's silly to seek power and wealth above god but it's also how how darkened can the mind become well let me take just a minute on this and you can collect some thoughts but you ever heard of the Mayan people, Central yeah. American Indian people or whatever? Mm-hmm. They became so futile in their imaginations, and they had created this false god in their mind, a feathered serpent, mm-hmm. and they would actually tear the hearts, living, 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 this is historical, out of children, and throw these hearts into these, what was called sacotes, thinking that that was how they pleased God their god yeah. like that's super that like man can get when man and man this is what we need to get out of this too when a man doesn't put his his faith and trust and even also his value and worth and worship toward god how vain can he become look at human history yeah look at the the just religions of the world that honestly are foolish even to a child you know what I'm saying? I mean, even children are like, why are y'all carving little animals out of trees and worshiping them? You, yeah. know? you know what I'm saying? I mean, even a child has these understandings. Even a child can see through, but it's like the adults of those belief systems can't because their foolish heart has just been darkened by the fact, and that's what darkened it, the fact that they yep. would not glorify God. They was not thankful. They reduced God down to something less. And because of how they treated God, basically, God withdrew himself, his influences from their mind. And then you see how really animalistic human humans can be without God. Okay, so anyway, I just wanted to unpack that a little bit more. And honestly, yeah. that one, we could go with that even for hours. But if you have more to say on that, that's fine. But if not, we can go on. But I want to turn it back over to you there. Is it? Well, <clears throat> I do. I, in, in, that's why... You should put your faith and trust and everything in God. Because left to man, it's it's a it's a rough road, it's a out of control train headed for nowhere. <laughs> I mean I can't I'm trying to out think of, control, of the best way to train say it. headed for nowhere. That's I'm, exactly how to say I it. I mean uh, <laughs> man is not qualified to Man without God is nothing. No. Nothing. 
He is a fool without God. In fact, yep. the Bible calls the wisdom of this world foolishness to God. Yep. And when you have spiritual eyes to, dece- to see, to discern, and you come to this word and you begin to see the world through God's eyes, you realize how foolish the world really is. Yeah. Or how foolish I once was. When you, This is God's wisdom. I mean, it says this, Christ is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. And this is the wisdom of God for us here teaching us. And when you look at the world this way, you realize, oh, yeah, man, without this, mankind is a train, a, a, a catastrophe on a train speeding to nowhere, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Go ahead. Next, you know, hearts was darkened. So when man rejects the truth, the darkness of spiritual lies replaces it. Again, we can go with just this sentence, could we not? Look at Hollywood. Yeah. Look at Disney World. That's a dark heart. Yeah. I'd said that in the podcast that we done in Logos Life. The America's got a heart problem. Yeah. We've got a darkened heart. Yeah. A man in his right mind, in his in his mind of faith, would never even possibly be able to conceive of the types of disgusting things that they call entertainment. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They come up with things. Let me tell you one I heard the other day. They have figured out a way to take stem cells, S-T-E-M cells, which these cells are cells in the human body that can be triggered to become any other type of cell in the body. Your mind is about to be blown, Alan. They have figured out a way to take human stem cells and trigger them to grow muscles, muscle cells. Mm -hmm. Okay. And here's what they're calling it. Meat. They're not calling it flesh. They're not calling it human flesh. They're calling it meat. You know why? That this company, this is legit. This company is collecting. If you'll donate it, it's uh, for actors and actresses, famous people. They're collecting stem cells from them and growing human flesh in labs, and selling it to customers. As well, the ad said, "Have a taste of James Franco." Mm. Ain't that mind blowing? I don't even think I have words to describe. You see what I'm saying? That. It's cannibalism. It's not literal cannibalism because James Franco himself is not being eaten, but he's donating stem cells so that they can grow his muscle tissue, and they sell that. And the the ad even says the number, the two most researched people for this, which was like you know, it's basically called take you know, taste the celebrity or whatever. It was James Franco and some other woman. Now, for sake of clarity, or maybe not clarity, but truthfulness, as far as I know, they have not actually been allowed to sell or do any of this on a public market. Okay, as far Mm -hmm. as I know. But I also do know that they are lobbying to try and make it to where they can. My whole point with going into this cannibalism thing is and by the way there's like well it's not 100 percent human meat it's only 30 percent because they're saying they only take 30 percent human meat it was like 30 to 40 percent animal meats and 20 something percent animal fats but i'm like i don't care mm, yeah. if you put one single human cell in there you know what i mean it's messed up it's so messed up but guess what this wouldn't be the first time 
a culture has become so darkened in their mind that they practice cannibalism. Before oh. Christ came and before missionaries were sent around the world to spread the gospel to every creature, to every nation. By the way, creature, that, that means the creation. It, right. You know, it's not talking about squirrels. No. It just means to every soul, uh, the people, okay? But there we, we know for a fact that there were ancient tribal cultures that took practice in cannibalism. Man, that's a dark, dark heart. That's what I was getting at. You wouldn't believe how dark they can go. I mean, it's mega dark. It shows how far fallen man really is. And that when we do not put God first, man, we descend into things like this. Like yeah. what I'm talking about. No, when you think, man, it can't get any darker than that. It gets darker. They can get darker. That's what I'm saying. Darker. The thing, what I, I guess all I was trying to get at is my imagination wouldn't even let me conceive of some of the things they come up with yeah and then they call it pleasure <laughs> you see what i'm saying it's like my brain will not even allow me to imagine that you guys plant that stuff in my brain you know you yeah. guys sow those seeds into our brains but if i'd been left alone on an island or whatever me and my wife going about life we would have never imagined such things you know as, as the Bible calls it, the depths of Satan. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah. I got a little bit sidetracked there, but it's a good way to apply no, it to the life yeah, we live in. Yeah, it's how dark. Y'all may not even realize how dark. I mean, if you don't actually sit and think about it, if you're just going along, um, I guess I've heard someone refer to it as a zombie. You're just going along. And you've almost got blinders on, and you're only listening to what they're telling you. <laughs> you just don't realize what is going on around you. That's right. People are not, they're not even discerning between darkness and light anymore. And that's scary. It is very scary. And, and again, the Bible said that that would happen. He said the days would come that people yeah. would call light darkness and, and darkness, darkness light. light. That's and so right. that's what they're doing. They're calling you darkness. Yeah. But you're light. But they're calling you darkness. They're like, you're destroying these these you know uh, uh, what is the word the confidence of these transgender people by telling them no you're born a boy so you are a boy they're like no you're destroying this yeah. kid they're calling you darkness yeah but you're like you know and it says and they would call bitter sweet and sweet bitter yeah they're doing that you know i mean it goes into so many different things and so yeah you're right people we're, we're kind of we kind of get tunnel vision we kind of get in the daily routine of things and we're not really discerning as much as we ought to. We're not really realizing just how evil this world is. Well, I'm telling you what really opens your eyes. When you're when you're studying through this Bible, you realize how dark things are around you. Because this is light. Amen. This is the light. Amen. And when you're when you're in, when you're in the light, when you are reading this and you just realize what is actually going on around you i mean it it's it's mind-boggling it's it's it's, it's terrifying in a sense it's yeah. not terrifying because we're christians right but it's mind-boggling the stuff man you made me think the way you was animated about when you're in this word you're in the light oh it's yeah. so true moses in exodus went up to the mountain mm -hmm. to because god called him up to receive the ten commandments and it says he was, with, he was with God 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came down off the mountain, his face shined, it says, and the children of Israel were afraid of him because his face was shining. And so he wore a veil over his face. Mm. When you get that close to the light, 
and this is this this is the light. Yeah. This is not the full light of God, but it's the revelation of God to us. I'm saying this is not you know God in person, so to speak. But the Word of God is this is how we get close to God, right? Here. Yeah. You know, we get in the Word, and it's like you were saying when you're in this, you're in the light. Yeah. And I tell you what happens. You, you get in the Word and you stay in the Word as much as you have been and stuff, and you start going out in the world and people are seeing light on you even when you're not necessarily seeing it. They're seeing a radiance of you. They're seeing a wisdom. They're seeing a something in you, and some will hate it yeah, and try and stay away from you, and others will be like, I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. It just happens, man. I mean, I'm not saying a literal light, but I'm saying spiritual. You'll right. They'll begin to see the spiritual light there in you, you know? So it's cool how he's saying, yeah, this is the light. You get like this right here, and you stay in the light. This is the Christian tanning bed, so to speak. Yeah, you know, people laying them tanning beds. No, we need to be face first in the Word as much as we can, and we will then shine the light of the glory of God to the world. I like yeah. how you put that. Go ahead. What I keep, I keep doing it. I get going, man. No, this is the preacher no. in me. I guess we've got it. We've got a good thing going <laughs> okay. here. I like this. Okay. Um, do you have any more in twenty one? Well, no. I mean, not, yeah, we could go for days, but no. Let's just go on. I guess. Okay. Unless you do. So, 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. So, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Man's, man rationalizes his sin and proves his complete foolishness by devising and believing in his own thinking or philosophies about God and the universe. We've talked about this before. Um, sin rationalizes itself. All sure the time. does. And we are sin because we're the human mm. race. Yeah. And that, and man, did I cut you off again? No, go ahead. And it says, it's key, professing themselves to be wise. Professing them, professing is what professors mm -hmm. do. Yep, <laughs> professors profess, and these professors profess themselves to be wise. And what do they say? I cannot help but think of Richard Dawkins, that famous British evolution atheist guy, who thinks he literally thinks he is the smartest man alive, and he thinks that everybody should hang on every word he has to say. And he believes that he is so intelligent. And then he will turn right around and tell you that you came from a dot that exploded 15 billion years ago. Actually, now they've revised that 13.5 billion years ago. He will tell you that that same <coughs> dot exploded and became planets and stars and all that kind of stuff. And then somehow on this planet, a bunch of little dots collided into each other and created a living dot. And that living dot somehow or other figured out how to have babies. <laughs> And all this evolution, I'm saying, this is what they talk about, you know. And he thinks that's so wise. It's what you said. That's his. Yeah. It's, they think this philosophy of atheism is so wise. But to a man like you and me, we look at it mm. and we're like, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> at what point did these, well, first of all, to think that a dot that they call a singularity, okay, to think that this, this, this dot, this microscopic dot became the entire universe, that alone is retarded. <laughs> but that's what they think and then somewhere along the way this tiny little dot that exploded and became the entire universe and then within there there's billions and trillions of other little dots banging into each other they think somewhere along the way someone collided with you know or a dot collided with another one in just the right fashion this we we got life out of the deal 
and slowly over another billion years or whatever we ended up with humankind and it's like man i think we talked about this in the in the last podcast in fact i know we did you are a thinking feeling loving being and you know that the elements you're made of carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and all that kind of stuff cannot think nor feel nor love no and so you know that there's more to you than the stinking clinging together of dots and all my point is this is what the professors say professing themselves which it goes beyond professors it's it's all people who are denying god they all think that their wisdom and their philosophy is so deep and so rich and oh we're just lesser minds and we can't grasp it but actually they have become fools and they do not know it yeah they don't even know it there, there's no way we can be smarter than our creator absolutely you can't right. you can't outgrow your creator yeah and, and they don't even acknowledge a creator i mean that's what I i'm know. saying how foolish is it you know i mean i did a creation presentation one time and i said even a ball of mud mm-hmm. is enough for a guy walking through the woods to say hey somebody made a little mud ball yeah. there but he says somebody made a little he knows somebody made that right mud don't just turn into balls you no. know what i'm saying and so it's so foolish to see that hey, even a, just a stinking ball of mud you know somebody shaped that but then they'll turn around and look at the sun they'll look at the moon they'll look at the earth they'll look at the stars and they'll say nobody made that you know what i mean it's, it's, ah, foolishness foolish <coughs> foolish foolishness, foolishness. all right yep. let's go on i guess all right so um romans 123 uh, so okay i'm gonna read 22 and 23 because it just feels better reading yeah it go together. ahead go ahead professing to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible god into the image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things <laughs> so god is the creator not the created those that worship things they cannot see with their physical eyes are worshiping idols they are i can't read my own writing sustain <laughs> the worship of idols they are okay wait the worship of idols i'm reading the same line again worship idols for the worship <laughs> Sorry, of the me. true god uh the one and only true god so I know I, I'm gonna yeah back up and read it again because yeah. I'm sorry I was laughing and I kind of lost my <laughs> and train I of lost thought my train of thought just trying to get right on the thing okay but God is the creator not the created those that worship things they can see with their physical eyes are worship worshiping idols they are substituting the worship of idols for the worship of the one and only true God. Yeah, that's yeah. And that is an important point to keep in mind. We don't, we look at nature and through what we see, we worship God. Yep. We don't worship nature. Right. So it's one good thing and it's a positive to look at the sunset and say how beautiful, but then you turn your worship toward God, the God, yeah. the God of the sunset. And it's one thing, I, th- I think this a lot, to look at birds flying in the air and think how amazing. 
God is amazing. That's in other words, we don't we we do need to see and appreciate the beauty of creation. Uh but the worship needs to be directed to God. Yep. Somewhere along the way they became so foolish that they saw the bird and they worshiped the bird. You know what I mean? I mean, really, there are bird gods. You know that? Did yeah. you know that? Like in Norse mythology and stuff, yep. there's these bird gods and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, they they think that their gods indwell spiritually these animals and these trees. And there's all kinds of bizarre philosophies out there that when you really examine it, it's just so foolish, man. It's so foolish. But also, the gods of human imagination, these of human creation because that's what he's saying that yeah. we change the glory of the true god and in place of that we created in our imagination our vain imagination and our darkened heart we created this idea of god that we want to have yeah. and they so they you know they see god in a four-footed beast or a bird or a creeping thing or whatever and to me that's the, well it's saying a lot of things but mm -hmm. that's the way that comes to my mind first off to apply that is if you look at the the so-called gods of the other religions they think about like we call it mythology roman mythology greek mythology there's a lot yep. of mythologies their gods were corruptible even yeah you see what i'm saying like even their gods in their stories i don't want to get you know too i don't want to be vulgar here but in their stories some of their gods came down and was sleeping with women and had these what they uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like these half god, half man creatures, and some of their gods was half man and half animal, like literally like legs of an animal and stuff. I mean, this yeah. is, I mean, really, uh, to us now in the year 2023, we're like, yeah, well, that's Greek mythology. But in the Greek world, it wasn't mythology. Nope. Paul in the book of Acts chapter 17 goes and deals with that people that were literally worshiping and believing in that stuff what we now yeah. call mythology you see what i'm saying yep. so not only did they make a reduce the truth of god into some animal thing but even what they call god is a corrupt they're even their gods were sinners that's how i'm trying to say it my goodness it took me forever to say it that way <laughs> even their gods were sinners yep how corrupt is that you know our god Bible says God which cannot lie. Yep. The God of the Bible will never do wrong. Never. Never ever do wrong. He will never commit sin. He will never be unholy. He will never be unjust. And so even, oh, you know, I get caught up in this stuff, but yeah. even the gods of their imagination are sinners just like they are. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's... It's projections it's, God, of it's gods created by man's mind. Right. right they're yeah. not real gods, but right, in right, their right, mind, yes. they're creating it. And we've already dis discussed this. The world cannot be left up to man's mind. Mm -mm. But, right. And unfortunately, that's the way it's getting. They are thus out here, us out here, that are studying his word, believing Mm -hmm. and we have faith we discussed this last time this podcast if we have the faith in this podcast not we have the faith that we are doing what god has asked to, or was god has put on our hearts to do 
and that's to get his, his word out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and two, you know, and so yes, that's true. I think God has put it on our hearts to get His word out there. But here's why I say that the way that I say it: there are definitely two different dynamics to faith. There's right. that faith which you're having when you pray for someone to be healed, and you're just having faith that they will be. Now, right. if they end up not being healed, it's not God's will to heal everyone every single time. Nope. But so there's that kind of faith. There's that faith that is expecting and hoping and looking for seeing a certain thing happen. Okay. Yep. But then there is also a category of faith that the just live by that faith. And what that means is just like I said last time, you came to church today because you're a believer. Yeah. Well, the word belief and the word faith in the Bible is the same word yep. many times. And so you coming to church today was not necessarily what people would call, oh, it was a great act of faith. But it actually still is an act of faith. It's because of what you believe right. that is weighing in on how you live, right? And so it's not just the fact that we're doing a podcast. It's the fact that we're doing a Bible podcast. Well, yeah. A Bible podcast. That is the fruit of our faith. If we weren't believers, we might still do a podcast, but we'd be talking about fishing or something. We would be aiming our topic. We would... A lot of podcasts do that. They find out what is trending. Yeah, that's right. And they base their podcast off of what's trending. And they're doing their podcast for the numbers, for the uh, the revenue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's the thing. Yeah, people that are doing a podcast out of a selfish interest are doing a podcast for, for the views. They want the clicks. But whereas you and I, if even we talked about it before we ever even got started. Yep. If only a handful of people ever watch it, as long as they get something out of it, that's our hope, is that they're, that they're actually learning and hearing and understanding and growing in the Word of God. Yeah. If there's only 25 subscribers or 30 subscribers that ever subscribe to this thing, that's fine with me. That's success. Um, you know what I mean? That's 30 people that weren't listening to that's us right. before. Yeah, and if even out of the 30, if we can even just actually truly help and have a positive impact on five, that's what we're doing it for. So as far as the faith thing, there there is two categories of faith. There is that, you know, I'm sick, but I'm believing that God's going to heal me. Or there's also, though, that faith that is more practical, everyday, applicable. We are living how we live every day because of our faith, because of how we believe. Right. It just, our faith is bearing fruit in us even when we don't realize that we're doing it by faith. Yep. You following what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Let me say it again, though, for the crowd or for the viewer, listener. Our faith bears fruit in us even though we are not necessarily realizing that's what's going on. Like by the fact that we even got down to pray at all. Well, that's because you're a believer. You know, mm-hmm. by the fact you got up and got ready to go to church. Even if you didn't make it, you got up and got ready as in, it was acting out the things you believe, acting out your faith. And so, yes, now I got totally sidetracked because you said something at the beginning of that that I thought, man, I really want to talk about that. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Man, what did you say? Oh, I lost it. And honestly, it was whatever you were saying. And I thought, this is really good. This is really good. And I wanted, I had like a whole really cool direction I was going to go with that. But then he was talking about the faith, and I got started on my preacher rant and lost my <laughs> train of thought. So I guess maybe if, it, if it's meant to be, it'll come back to me. If not, we can go on. Um, where did you leave off? You left off at, 
Right, yeah, what was the last thing you read? That um, those that worship things they can see with their physical eyes are worshiping idols. They are substituting the worship of idols for the worship of the one and only true God. Okay. Yeah, and so we did, I guess we never started on verse 24 then. No. Did, do you have any notes on verse 24? I do. Well, hammer down, brother. All righty. So 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So God gave them up. When, men, when man, and we've said this before, when we say man, mankind. Mankind. That's, yeah, when that's man consistently abandons God, he, God, will abandon them by removing his restraint and allowing their sin to run its unavoidable course leading eventually to divine judgment and punishment. Uncleanliness, sexual immorality, which starts in the heart and moves to take over the body. Our heart condition determines what we are. An evil, an evil heart desires evil. Mm-hmm. You said something right there. Let me say this. You said something that needs to be unpacked so much, it's just, it's amazing to me. Right here. When man consistently abandons God, God will abandon them. How so? By removing his restraint and allowing their sin to run its unavoidable course. Man, if I was the one that spoke in tongues, I'd probably speak in tongues. I mean, that's like that gets my. I'm like, man, that's so well said. That nails this verse right down to the yeah. fine point. I want to unpack that a minute because, yeah. man, what you're saying is exactly what this says. That it's God that has. If we can paint it as a portrait, what would that portrait look like? It would be God raising His hand, so to speak, and saying, "Fine." Yep exactly Fine. do it your way let's see what happens and here's here's something that's well first of all that is the most terrifying position for a human being to be in when mm -hmm. god says fine i'll withdraw my influences on you over your heart over your mind i'll take any restraint because believe it or not my friends God is also restraining the full effect of sin in the unbeliever. Even though yep. they're not saved, even though they're not a child of God, the grace of God is still in their lives to the extent, at yep. the very least, that God is holding sin back. I'll tell you one reason why. Because if sin, if the, if the desire of sin and Satan and his demons, if God put no restraint there, you'd be dead already. Yep. Satan would kill you in a heartbeat if God just let him. Yeah, I mean that was the one restriction he put on Satan with Job. You yep. can't kill him. Can't kill him. And it also yep. that whole account of Job shows us that with if God is not restraining sin and the devil, it's going to rip you to shreds. And so my point is, even on the unbeliever, even on the lost world, the grace of God is involved in their lives. To the like, well, the Bible even says that God brings rain on the just and the unjust yep. in other words the un, unsaved man guess what his garden still gets water too and so the grace of god the influences of god is in the lives of all people until 
He says, fine, do it your way. And when that happens, man, that's the most, it's in the Bible defined later as reprobate mind. Yep. A person of a reprobate mind, which now it's like God is saying, we're going to see your true colors. We're about to see who you really are. Yep. It's exactly what you said. That's why I wanted to grab your notes and read it again. It's a terrifying position for man to be in. And sure enough, what happens when God says, fine, let's yeah. see what's in your heart. Do it your mm -hmm. way. I'll take my restraints off and let sin run its course. What I mean, that it's scary. You see what happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You see what happens. They give themselves over to uncleanness. What do you mean? Oh, they even dishonor their own bodies between themselves. To give you a spiritual insight from my perspective, something to, un to, to, to think about to understand some of the darkness of this world. The relationship between a man and a woman is a sacred, divinely created yep. thing that we call marriage. Hmm. But when we, without getting vulgar in any way, marriage is more than just an outer union. It's also an intimate union. Mm, yep. Okay. So there's an intimate, holy, right, and just union between a man and a woman. There's a right union. And I'm talking about what happens in the bedroom. And a woman, there is a right way that she's a pleasure to a man and the same for the man with the woman. But if you want to see what the foolish, darkened heart can do, not only will it turn men to men or women to women, it will also turn the hearts of men or women into some of the most bizarre and disgusting things that they can do to one another's body while calling it pleasure. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I, yeah, I'm following. Yeah. Now that gets into some pretty dark stuff that I don't want to talk about in case somebody, you know, younger watches the podcast mm -hmm. or whatever, but it shows you when it's saying they're dishonoring their own bodies, it's not only it is it is talking about because it gets to that the men with men yep. and men, women with women and burned in their lust for one another, and so this unholy union. Women were not meant to be with women. Men were not meant to be with women. But it even goes beyond that in the things that they actually do to their own body. Now here's here, here's my kind of whole point for that. When you look at what the world does, that or the reprobate world, because even the whole, yep. the most of the world don't even participate in that kind of stuff. No. But when you look at what the reprobate world does, guess what? <laughs> they call it pleasure. They say, "Oh, this feels good. Oh, this is a high, or this is what it takes to turn them on, so to speak." Mm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to get. Yeah. Man, if you want to know how disgusting sin is when it's fully revealed because we talked about that sin will always downplay itself and yep. justify itself just wait till god takes his hand off of you and we see what's really on the inside man and it mm, 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 mm. some heavy stuff the bible doesn't shy away from the heavy stuff does it no it tells us the truth it really does yep it does not hold back god says it in such a way that it's clean to read Yep, but he's telling us the truth of what's in the heart of a reprobate man. And uh, one more point I'd like to make, if you're okay with yeah. it, before we go on, is God didn't just do this very flippantly. He was very patient with them. In other words, God it says wherefore. In other words, therefore, when you see wherefore, most of the time think therefore, mm -hmm. because of first. 
first, they wouldn't glorify God. They wouldn't honor God. They wouldn't be thankful to God. And because of how they treated him for, like you said, for so long, because of that, he's like, fine, I give you up. I give up. He's not, and that's another point, he's not going to force you against your own will to no. come and love mm -hmm. him. He's like, look, I, I, have, I have done what I need to do to win your heart over. But I'm not going to force your force you against your will to make you come and worship me or love me, and so he just gives them up, and that's what they turn into. And I guess you know we if do you want to do one more verse and quick because he ends with Amen at verse 25. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. We'll go okay, to 25. Okay, yeah. <coughs> so it, I, was there anything else you wanted to add to that that verse 24 there? there was but okay. i've done lost my train of thought too okay i'm sorry yeah it's not necessarily you it's i'm i'm reading ahead also right, so i can right. be ready for the next right. one yeah so. okay um all right so 25 all right i'm gonna go like I, i'm gonna do this again i'm gonna go back yeah to go back and that's good yeah okay therefore god also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who this is 25 who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So I want to start this off with a question. Which is greater thing created or creator? I already know what your answer is. Creator. I, exactly. <laughs> I just, when I was taking these notes, that came to my mind, and I was like, no, I, I was trying to go without putting that down, and it's like, no, I got to do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we must first realize who God is and then worship him alone. Just the fact that God is, is eternal sets him apart from all his creation. That's 100% true. And you said something that's important there. Uh, worship. How did you say it? we got to worship God as? We must first realize who God is and then worship him alone. Just the fact that God is eternal set him, sets okay. him apart from his creation. Yeah, when you had said that, it, it triggered my mind to think we, we do need to realize and recognize who God is and worship God, though, according to who he says he is. Because some people will say, oh, you know, yeah, I worship Jesus. But I'm, they're also like, you know, transgender. And it's like, no, you don't then, my yeah. friend. If you're not worshiping God according to the truth that he reveals, then you're not worshiping the true God. You're worshiping, again, we're back to the same thing. Yep. You're worshiping a God of your own making. Yep. We can't worship God and ascribe to God certain attributes that the Bible does not ascribe to him. And so we have to recognize those things that it says of God and worship God according to those truths. There's a verse that comes to my mind that says, For the Father seeketh such to worship him that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. Yep. The truth matters. You gotta have the truth or it's a false God you're worshiping. And but then, you know, you went on and said something else there. Um read read after that part again if you don't mind. Uh just the fact that God is eternal sets him apart oh, from yeah. all his creation. That's right. Yeah, God is the only thing that has always existed that and never even come into being. Well, I'm thinking about this. 
my train of thought came back. All right. And I, I want to point this out. It's important to point out. That's why I'm going ahead and bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ahead. So God created us to have free will. Amen. He's not saying, you well worship me. That's it. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to give, that's what I want, and I'm giving you the choice. Mm-hmm. He gave everybody the choice of free will because if if well had he not the world would be a different place but then that's not just it's not just and it's not even love no Mm -mm. it is god that made our hearts and minds and consciousness now we do have a fallen mind i'm not saying that he made us as we are but as he made us think about this famous saying from early america Give me liberty or give me death. Yep. In other words, to the mind of man, free will matters more than his own life. Because in the mind of man, and this is true, if he doesn't have his free will, then he's just a prisoner. Yep. He's a robot. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And so God knows that. God made us that way. And he did give us free will. I believe that. There's a whole group of people out there that don't believe that, but I don't care. I don't think they can rightfully rightly defend that, that that man don't have free will. I'm not saying that our will isn't subject (laughs) to influences and that we have to deal with things. But what you said, and I don't know exactly where he's going, but I do like what you said. God gave man free will. We have it. Oh, that's what you said. He's not forcing you to worship him. He's not doing that. Mm -mm. And it wouldn't even be right if he did. Like you said, it would be unjust. Right. And it even if it wouldn't be true worship from his, that's why he's not forcing you. It's because it's like you having to force your wife to love you. Yeah. If I got to force you to say I love you, then I don't even want to hear it because right. it's not true love. Because it's a forced. Yeah, it's a fake. You're just yeah. you're being coerced. You're being forced into saying this. It's not really what's in your heart. And God wants what's really in your heart. And so he doesn't force you and say you must. But all at the same time, he provides you with ample reason to worship him. Yeah. You know, like like you, you don't want to force your wife and say, if you don't tell me you love me, I'm going to, you know, kill you or something. But if you're being a good husband, you have given her tons of reasons to love you. Yep. You see what I'm saying? That's what God has done for mm-hmm. us, man. But, I, you know, go ahead. Well, that was... God don't force worship. That's a good point. It needs to be dealt with. Yep. God doesn't force us to love him either because forced love is not love. It's not true love. If it was forced, if we did not have free will, everybody would be worshiping God. Yeah. And this would be a popular podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's not a popular podcast. It's just not in the top 10. Yeah. But. Yeah, everybody would be worshiping God, so to speak. But it would be, even that wouldn't be in spirit and in truth because right. the people would. They well, just, would just like you said, the heart's not. If the heart's not in, if there's not a reason, if the heart we have a reason to love God. Yeah, yeah. If like if you just visualize, let's say you had the ability to create and design a whole bunch of androids, you know, a whole bunch of yep. robots out there, and you don't give them free will. What you put in their program is whatever I say. You will do whether you want to or not. Period. And so all you got all these thousands of robots and you say, bow and worship, and they all bow because you told them to. Is that truly worship or not? No, Mm-mm. it's not. They're just doing what they're programmed to do. And so in that sense, free, the fact that God wants true worship requires that that means he gave us free will. Yep. You see what I'm saying? I can't even see how that would actually 
be meaningful to God. It wouldn't be. Because the people who do know and believe in him and have faith in him, that's where it that's where it really is. It's that's him. where because it's, it's coming from our hearts. We're not being we're not being forced to do this podcast. We're not forced to go to church right. every day. We do it out of the love of for God. Yeah, and that that's that, that's why I bring this verse up so much. But that's what I'm meaning, and that's what the Bible's meaning when it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God," because you're doing it by force or you're doing it by circumstance or something. The faith is from the heart, and so when you have faith, you're pleasing God because yep. you're doing it of your own will according to what you believe. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, yeah, we can go on that a bunch. And actually, guess what? The most difficult chapter concerning free will and predestination is in the book of Romans. And so we're going to get to all of that (laughs) in a full depth that's probably going to be more than, you know, it's, well, it's a whole chapter and it's got some really tough things in there. However, there's good answers and I'm looking forward to when we get to it. It's going to be a while from now, but all right, go ahead and we can finish this out. Well, I mean... That's, that's so all. they they changed the truth of God into a lie. Yep. And they worshiped and served the creature. Now I said this earlier, and this is why I said it. When the Bible talks about the creature, it's talking about the flesh, the people, the yep. the earth, even maybe. But it says they worshiped and served. Can I put the just if we put the phrase the flesh there? I think we'd get the fullness. They worshiped and served the flesh more than God. Yep. That's really kind of what it's getting at. Is we spend a whole lot more time fulfilling the lusts of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and well as as john says lust of flesh lust of the eyes of pride of life we spend a whole lot more time focused on that and fulfilling all of that kind of stuff than we do actually living pleasing to the creator who is blessed forever yep and i think that's the what it's getting at changing the truth of god into a lie ain't that mind-blowing the Bible, the fact the Bible is the word of God to me proves itself every time we go about reading it. Yep. It, this is 2,000 years old, and it's as relevant today as though it was written this morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you, when you, when you read, <clears throat> the Bible makes more sense when you really study it than a set of directions written by an engineer. That's right. <laughs> it does, man. I don't, to me, I don't know. It has a deep wisdom in it. When you read it, it's like here. Well, it's hearing the thoughts of God. That's what yeah. it is. It's hearing the thoughts of God, and, and it's amazing. When you're truly in it and studying, you kind of see or have an understanding, and that's what my notes are. It's it's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Of what he is saying here. And we talked in the beginning. It's it's not the full it's more than like well, it's not the full truth. Right. And there's just no way that even if God revealed us the full truth, we it'd probably turn our brains to mush. Yeah, not not we can't get it all at one time, that's for sure. We Mm-mm. get bits and pieces yep. and we feed on it little by little. It's a you know, it's a food. 
Yep. And you have to come back and eat regularly, so to speak. But yeah, if you tried to take it all in at one time and the whole full picture of all, yeah, no, ain't gonna happen, man. You have you'd have mental meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> but also, what you're saying too, that's important to understand. The first time I read the Book of Romans, my understanding from then compared to now is mind blowing how much I've yeah. grown in understanding. However, that does not mean what I was getting out of it the first time was wrong. No, it was I was getting out truth the very first time. You see what I'm saying? You were getting what you needed. Yes. And then you go back and I was get getting a what bit I more. needed and what I could handle. Yeah, exactly. And then as I took that food and it began to develop my thinking and my mind and stuff and I went back and read it again, well I was a little bit stronger, ready you know, I could receive more, understand more, and learned more of how to understand how Paul communicates. And each time, each time I go and read it. In fact, I did a podcast last night or a recording, I haven't aired it yet, where I spent probably an hour in the book of Romans and the stuff that comes out to me now is like it's mind blowing to me even. And so, yeah, every time you go back and read the Word of God, don't read. It's not a one and done thing. No. It's a one and now you just got started, you know. And you read through, and you read through, and the more you read through, the more and more you do begin to connect the dots and see a fuller and fuller and mm-hmm. fuller picture of the truth. Yeah, I noticed. I'll say this. So I guess we're kind of just going on, but reading through the bible in a year was just a just something i just want to say that i've done but yeah. you get absolutely nothing out of it I know, man. and i'm just going to tell you that when i it was not last year it was the year before i read through the bible in a full year and going back and and studying in the different books i'm like i don't remember reading that <laughs> and and you'll you'll say yeah. something to somebody you'll be talking to somebody they'll be like i've read the bible I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible. I've never heard that before. And I was like, if you're just reading the mm-hmm. Bible, you're going to miss things all the time. I know. I don't know if he was here. I used to teach a defending the Bible course. It's called apologetics. And um, I told the people, I said, it's good to read the Bible through front to back. That's fine. A lot of people want to do that. I said, but yep. I would rather you just pick one book and study it. Yep. Because just reading to say I read it does almost nothing for your actual soul. It's only for the human pride, really, at the end of the Well, I mean, it's not just that. We need to read it front to back, and I have too. Right. But it's so much better to get in it and just study it and just take time with it. You dig know? in it. Dig, dig in, in it. Because yeah, dig in it. These it, notes don't come from me reading the verse one time. Yeah, what I would rather hear, I'd rather than hear somebody say, I read the Bible front to back 50 times in my life i would rather hear somebody say it took me 50 years to read the bible front to back but i i got it like i studied it all the way now through. that would be impressive yeah you see what i'm I saying mean, that, that that's impressive yeah yeah it's and it is and, it and would, then that it would person benefit is you gonna more. have such knowledge that's what i mean they are gonna be the ones you want to sit and listen to. yeah yeah because they're gonna understand why it said what it said and what it meant yep you know all right yeah we went on man but honestly i've really enjoyed this one today i thought you had some really great insights and great points and so i'm looking forward to the next one how much how much longer is it yeah we may be in romans for two more i mean chapter one for two more things i don't know but it just lines up with what we just said yeah better to go slow and diligently than skim it all so we want the people listening to this podcast to get something out of it too i mean we're the ones digging into it but I've encouraged you guys every time to to get in there and read what we're reading. You may you may 
it may be revealed to you differently than it's revealed to us mm-hmm. not yeah, saying it's right not saying it's wrong yeah. well there that is one thing you and i both agree on there the bible is true and so if they're getting out of getting something out of it that's not true well they're getting something wrong out of that's it right. you know it's we're not saying everybody's right and whatever you get out of it no we're all working towards a, a point of truth and you know so yeah some people can take it and just twist it man you know but I, yeah i think that it would benefit them a whole lot if they'll read these verses with us read the whole chapter as we go and also just encourage people that may have listened up to this point and maybe you're kind of getting bored with it because we have been on a similar topic for a while some of the nature of man creation man when we get to chapter three of romans we get to start talking about salvation the nature of salvation why did god do it this way all all kinds of amazing things are going to begin to unfold that are on a different category of stuff. We won't really be talking about the fallen nature of man anymore. We'll right. be able to talk about the new nature of the new man and some just great stuff. Romans yeah. is so great. And uh, so we're fixing to close out uh, remnantpodcast.net. Everything we have is there. Uh you can contact us if there's something that you want us to cover again that you want to hear our thoughts on hey email it to us we'd love to hear from you uh, we'll, there's no greater encouragement no, or motivator than yeah, hearing back from we'll people. read into it we'll study it and we will give you i don't want to say our take but what we you know our study on it yeah yeah and you know i'm i'm one of these people i guess i need to be a little bit careful but I believe what the Bible says that you and I have got the spirit of God in us because we're his children Mm -hmm. and that if we study his word in prayer, he will show us the truth of his word. Yeah. And so to the person who might write write in a question, I'm willing to say that what I will give you in response after study and reading on the question. Right. It's something you can hold on to, man. It's not because of my wisdom. I'm just saying it's because of the Bible, but I'm not one of these that just is like, Oh, you know, I could be right. I could be wrong about this. Now, some things I could be wrong on. There's certainly some things I could be wrong on. But what I mean is, like, the fact that Jesus Christ died for my sin, I tell you right now, I ain't wrong on that. No, no. You know I'm, per- I mean? I'm pretty... I'm, I'm, I'm cemented in that <laughs> way. Yeah, I'm not wrong on that. That's the absolute truth. You know, the fact that Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, received up into glory. I'm not wrong on that. So, anyway, yeah, you know, anyway, that's, that's a little bit of a sidetrack. But we can have confidence in knowing that we're getting the truth when we apply our hearts to it you know because we're safe people we may miss a thing or two here or there that's not what i'm getting at but yes okay and so also remnant podcast at outlook.com is the email yep. remnant podcast at outlook.com <laughs> remnant podcast.net and really if you just go there that's where you're going to get it's the one-stop shop yep you'll find everything and honestly really we're still just getting started with it all yeah i mean that that website's probably going to be huge when everything is finally up and going yeah. but yeah we have stuff in different categories of playlists we haven't even uploaded yet yep and we're also we are still fully planning to do street interviews very yep. soon and so yeah by the time it's all said and done we got a lot going on and i hope god is glorified through it and that we personally grow in our faith yeah you know and i hope that those people out there grow too so yep you good i'm good i'm good